My name is Terry Too, and today's show is called The Instrument of Cool. We're going to talk about the saxophone, which is one of the premier instruments out there. But we're going to talk about the origins of the saxophone, how it started, and how it originated, the history of it, and it's an instrument that's very close to me, and we're going to talk about it. So, stand by, and what else? We're going to talk about how the saxophone developed, how it got popular over the years, and then we're going to talk about where it is today. And like I said, we're going to leave the we're 75% going to stay away from the IT stuff today. So what? that's what, what's the plan. We're going to stay away from the information technology stuff because I figured today, let's just try it, you know? Well, why not? This is a mostly information technology show, but it's also a little music and we talk a little sports. We're going to talk some sports last night and and the uh, college uh, football game I saw last night. We'll talk about that. Some of the things going on in the NBA and some things going on in college basketball is in full swing now. So we'll talk about that and we'll get into some other things. So, And if anybody wants to chime in, you're more than welcome to chime in. Uh, you're more than welcome to come in, listen to uh, talk and, you know, say something. You know, I appreciate that. And... Like I said, we'll get started and let's finish out with the music. And if you have any great Thanksgiving stories that you want to talk about, you're more than welcome and chime in with that. And I know it was last, I did a show last Friday, but if some of you didn't, were out of town or whatever, and that wanted to talk about it, hey. You're more than welcome. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is December 3rd, 2022. Where has the year gone to, ladies and gentlemen? It seems like just a year ago when I started this fantastic thing of almost a year ago, not a whole year yet, but almost a year that I started doing this podcasting thing, which I've been enjoying doing every week. But, uh, yeah, so how's everyone doing today? It's uh, the 22nd, excuse me, today's December 3rd, and 2022. And the temperature here in Maryland's about, uh, about 54, 55 degrees, a little cloudy. It's supposed to get up to 61. I'm looking forward to that, but cloudy. Hey, that's all right. A little rain. Rain subsided, though, but it's going to be humid. So I, I like to do a walk every day, do like a you know half-hour walk and plug in my music you know boom get it going boom so i'm trying to lose some more weight you know what i mean so i've been pretty good i've lost let's see i've lost 11 pounds yes i've lost 11 pounds i'm proud of myself for that because i didn't think i could ever do it so i'm gonna cheer myself you know what i mean it was a lot of hard work some of the things had to change from eating um i don't I very rarely go to, uh, before I was going, when I was on my way to work, I would stop at Panera, get a bagel and butter. Out. Done. Can't do it. Maybe once a month I could do it. But I, I was doing it every day, and it, it was just bloating me up. And plus, it has a lot of sugars. Look at Twister. I grew up eating bagels. But 
I can't do it now because I'm much older. And also, I sit on my butt at my desk at work all day, so I don't walk much. So, but that's either here or there. So yeah. So right now, like I said, temperature's got about fifty-five degrees. Went up a little bit, about fifty-four, fifty-five degrees here. And I hope everyone's enjoying their day. And I don't know where you are. I appreciate everybody around the world that's been listening to my podcast. I really, really do. I mean. I am so blessed that people around the world are listening to me. I've been getting Canada. Um, where else? Uh, Morocco. People that are watching the World Cup. United States just lost at uh, the Netherlands 3-1. But I really do appreciate the people around the world that listen to my podcast. I just want to bow down and say thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Real quick, we're going to do a little quick sports. What's going on? I just announced that the United States lost in the group of 16 for the World Cup to the Netherlands, 3-1. Um, I hate to say it, European soccer is so much better. Excuse me, European football in the World Cup. They're very more. They're much more skilled, and the Dutch are very tall, too. So uh, earlier, I was, I was talking um, I was watching a football, college football game last night between USC and University of Utah. First half, it was tied up. So I didn't catch the first half, but the, what the announcers were saying was that USC was just having a ball until they got lazy. Then I watched the second half, and it's just like Utah just gangbuster, was beating up the quarterback at USC, and, and, the, and, the, and the defense act like they didn't want to tackle. I've never seen anything like that being a young man. I understand it's a long season, but man, make some kind of effort. Utah ran all over them. They put up 47 points. 47 points. Go figure. So that was not a good game for USC. So what else was going on? NBA, LeBron. What was that? The, um, the Lakers won. I'm not a big fan of the Lakers. I think LeBron is just a title chaser. If I were him, I would trade him because that's all he is. That's my personal opinion. Uh, let's see. What else we have? My Knicks up and down. I can't figure them out. I just can't figure them out, people. I really can't. Syracuse, basketball, they're heading for a worse year than last year. I think Beheim needs to get out that zone, and he needs to retire. You have more than enough money. Your kids are grown. You need to retire. Let the young brothers in there. The young, the young, the assistant coaches you have there, let them take over. I think it's time for you to go by. You have done, you've done great. Go ahead and retire. You're 70, almost 80 years old. It's time for you to go. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So today's show is called, I'm so I'm sorry I didn't put it up here. I thought I didn't put more, but I'm, I, I apologize for that. But today's show is called The Instrument of Cool. We're going to talk about the history of an instrument that's near and dear to my heart, the saxophone. Okay? It was, I played alto saxophone when I started in fourth grade. Played all the way up, and I got out of school, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, you can become an adult. Then I had, I bought a digital Casio. It was like a toy, but it had the same fingering as a saxophone. Um, you couldn't play it too long because all the water was going down into the speaker part and it would get wet. But it was fun playing because I played for the kids. Uh, 
no Christmas. I, every year I play Christmas carols for the kids in the building. I mean, in that in my apartment. So, um, yeah, that was fun. It's nice. But we're going to talk about how the saxophone started. Okay. And like I said, this is a, um, an instrument that's near and dear to me because you name a mostly a jazz group that plays out somewhere you're mostly going to find a saxophone play in there okay i'm not trying to be uh prejudicial or anything like that but hey it is what it is you're going to find that saxophone player this summer this past summer uh i went up to a Harp to Grace, Maryland. They had some beautiful music shows in the summertime there. And the saxophone player, Saxo Rose, he plays a phenomenal, but he had a backup band. They sounded phenomenal. So, okay, so we're going to get started and talk about the history of the saxophone. Okay, so people don't realize that the alto saxophone has only been around 150 years. That's nothing compared to the violins drums, uh, trumpets, any of those instruments, they have not been around very long. I mean, they have been around much, much longer. But the saxophone is only 150 years, okay? 150 years. So the saxophone was developed by a gentleman by the name of Antoine Joseph Adolphe Sax. He was a Belgium-born what they call a luthier and musician, okay? And a renowned one at that, okay? Um, he put out a patent for a saxophone in 1846, but, he, but the thing is, though, not too many people were interested in something that's brass and with wood, okay? So he was developing on something through the years, okay? And... Um, his father had a music uh, music store in Belgium, and he gave him the backing. He said, "Hey, son, I'm just gonna I'm gonna in layman's terms, he had the backing of his father to work on this project um, on the early saxophone." Okay, and so his father gave him the instructions and freedom, you know, how to build his own design. Okay, but the younger uh, Mr. Sachs, Mr. Adolphe, he was a flute and clarinetist at the Brussels Conservatory of Music. So he was a trained musician, okay? He was a trained musician. So there's nothing, he had inspiration. He already had the, he knew how to play music, but he was wanting to work on something that, hey, maybe this is something I can do on my own and I'm gonna see what I can do. So he toiled with it. You know, <clears throat> and he was, you know, working on the idea of the balance of between a the brass and woodwind instruments and thought, hey, why not a hybrid? Okay. So he tried, he, you know, you know, the whole story, how everybody's experimenting, like Steve Jobs, how he came up with the OS for um, Apple. And basically the same thing. He kept trying to, he's trying to mesh, do a hybrid of brass and wood with the wood one, the reed. Okay. So 
Then he showed this to a composer. His name is Hector Berlioz in 1841. And this guy was blown away by his early, you know, early saxophone that he had developed. He's like, wow, this is cool. You know, I'm just trying to say it to now. <laughs> All right, I got a good clap on that, okay? Yay, 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 yay. I want to say a thank you to Mr. Jonah for jumping on. Thank you, Jonah. I'd like to say a thank you to everybody that comes on. Right. So. And let's keep it moving. All right. So. So Mr. Berlioz was in. He loved the idea of a hybrid type of horn that was brass, but you could play wood and bring music to a higher octave. Okay. Um, so when Mr. Berlioz saw this, he goes, wow, I need to get this. We need to get this out to people. You know what I mean? We got to get this out to people and let them know that we have something that's called, um, that's going to work you know, hybrid type of device. I mean, excuse me, instrument, okay? So we're going to talk. And then, so what he did was, um, Mr. Sachs got a patent, okay? And and prior to that, this journal, a magazine was outlining his, you know, showed how Mr. Sachs was the design that he was developing, okay? What the future of music could be, all right? So, but he did it 14 different versions, okay, of the saxophone. So I'm going to go through it very carefully because some people might not know what saxophones are. And so what he did was 14 versions, uh, saxophones ranging from F contrabass all the way to E flat, which you play your alto saxophone in the E flat, Okay. Um, but here's an E flat soprano. And then he came up with an E flat contrabass, C bass, then a B flat bass, then an E flat baritone, a C tenor, then a B flat tenor, then an F alto, E flat alto, which do they have today, and a C soprano, B flat soprano. Okay? Then between 1844, 1845, 1845, he was busy. People love this, okay? And then he moved to Paris, and people, uh, he put it at an exhibition. People were like, hold up. This cat's on to something, okay? And then, then in 1845, he went to the French government, and he knows that, you know, hey, for the army band, let's try something different. Instead of those French horns, let's try this, this instrument I'm developing. And the French government heard it. They loved it. Boom. Next thing you know, you have early saxophones in the French military band in 1845. Okay. Then in 1866, he started tinkering with it. Okay. And then and he had developed a way to how the keys had to be played on the saxophone. Okay. So that was something he had to work on. Then eventually he did work on that. And 
we're talking golden moment here, ladies and gentlemen. A golden moment. So he renewed his patent in 1881. And what he did was, so if you know what the saxophone is today, he didn't have that. So he did, he extended the bell part of the saxophone and extended the range using an octave key, okay? If some of you are not familiar with the octave key, it's that key that sits behind the saxophone. It, it looks like a little trigger. You hit that to play a higher note, okay? All right, stand by, ladies. I don't know why I'm, my, uh, I am, I am, I know, static. We shouldn't be having static, okay? Okay, so, um, Mr. Sax sold uh, his business when he died in 1894. It was taken over by his son, Adolf Edward. And that in the 1920s, it's this swing bebop thing, you know, the Benny Goodman type of thing. Then the saxophone really blew up in, you know, in jazz clubs in France and then over the United States. So he knew he, there was an influx in Americans loved the saxophone. Okay. And then all of a sudden, uh, a French uh, company by the name of Salma, if you ever heard of them, I think we all heard of Salma. Salma makes uh, uh, trumpets also. Okay. So Salma purchased, bought saxophones from Adolf, Edouard um, Sax. And that's why you see. That's where he came up with Selma saxophone. Okay. So, so what Selma did was, um, so what this was the original saxophone that uh, Edward and Adolf Sax created looked like a metal clarinet. So what they did, they kept the bell shape, but they made it smaller. So the sound would be tighter. Okay. So, so the 1930 cigarette cutter is uh, is what the design is, what we have today, okay? And like I said, this is something that I'm very dear to. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed playing saxophone back in the day. And I'm just giving you an idea. I'm just giving you how the saxophone was developed. And... It's it's a machine. I mean, a machine. It's an instrument that's dear to me because it let me learn. So what they say, you know, back in the day, they would say learning music in school. It really was, and I really truly believe that it really was a learning instrument because you got to learn how to play an A, how to play a G, how to play a D, but you also got to know what. What's this in math? What's this in science? Oh, you got to study for the exam. Okay, well, we need you to play this song without reading the music, okay? Oh, but we need you to do the solo, okay, without reading the music. See, this is where it's coming in, the education where you got to study. So what that means, you got to play more, learn more. And I think that, that kind of helped me um, like I said, I was fortunate to play saxophone as long as I did and just learning those notes. And I also, another thing too, I got the machine, I got the machine, why do I call it a machine? I got the saxophone for my brother Stan. He played it and then he decided to give up on it. 
And I like to say the rest is history. I tried to do everything I could, you know, from a young age and junior high, you know, I did the marching band. I did, you know, concert shows, jazz ensemble, dance ensemble, dance, dinner dances, um, did uh, like solo type of things, you know, with the music book, play in front of kids and that type of thing. Um, I just wish that these younger generation today would uh, pick up on that because if it weren't from the forefathers that we have, that had to, it was so hard for them to learn music, but when they did, they ran with it. So, but anyway, let's get back to this. So the saxophone was taken off in the twenties and thirties. And like I said, Selma bought from out of France, bought the saxophone from Mr. Edward developed by, um, Mr. Adolf, a uh, sax, a Belgium designer. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's a saxophone, um, it was another guy that was involved, uh, Mr. Sugar Rasha. Uh, he devised and published new methods in the 1940s for playing tones in altissimo register that increased the range of the sax by almost double. So what he's trying to say is, in layman's terms, is so you could play. I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down to you simple. So you might play. Uh, a D, a low uh, octave D. Then you can play an uppercase D with their read. So what you're going to do is you're going to play all your keys octave, and on the left hand side you're going to hit that top left key. That's going to give you an upper D, and then you can go an upper A. I think is the two keys. So what they're saying is that you can register higher, higher notes. You know how you hear on TV saying, oh, uh, Mariah Carey can see, sing a double octave. This is basically the same thing. You're playing a double octave D, double octave A, double octave C. That's, that's what they're getting at. Okay? So when you hear that, what are they trying? They're trying to be, the, um, they're trying to be uh, what's the word to use? Two straight not straightforward they're trying to be too technical just tell them exactly people what exactly what it is just say you can play a double octave bam done see how simple that was double octave double octave that's it so and now you have some of the most premier or some of the best saxophone players in the world are playing summer saxophones okay and Adolf Sachs, I give credence to him and telling him, if I, if I could see him right now, say, hey, thank you, sir, for letting me play your sax. Well, I played, learned to play saxophone. I played a Cleveland saxophone. They don't even exist anymore, okay? I played a Cleveland saxophone. And excellent sound. Only thing, the problem is with these saxophones, when they go bad, it's the pads. When the pads go bad, let me tell you, you're not blowing a nothing. <laughs> you're just blowing air into a saxophone, and that's it. Because you're not getting sound pushed out. Because with that, with the wet pads, it's not producing any sound. So, in order for a person 
to save your instrument, you had to get the pads replaced. And it's a very expensive job. It happened to me. My mama, she yelled and screamed, but I got it fixed. But the pads were very, very expensive. Okay. Okay, so today's the sizable family of saxophones dreamed up by Adolf Sax have been whittled down to just five. And I'm going to get into them, okay? The soprano, alto, tenor, baritone, bass. The majority ones that are played out here today are the tenor and alto. You do, Kenny G is a alto. uh, He plays tenor and alto. He also plays soprano. Now, you ever remember that song? You remember when Kenny G first came out? He played that long, winding song. He played it and he got the Grammy for it. He played it on the soprano saxophone. He also did a song with Smokey, with Smokey Robinson, Save the Best for Last. If you get a chance, that is his purest saxophone playing. All the rest of the stuff is too um, bubblegum. I'll put it that way, bubblegum. Save the Best for Last. He does a song with uh, Smokey Robinson singing on there, and you're going to fall in love with that song. It is by far one of his best um, with an artist singing on there, and you'll love it, okay? Great song. Um, some of the best. Okay, so Selma has a following, and they're classically trained saxophone players. I don't know these guys. I've heard of one or two of them, but not all of them. So Mr. Daniel Kinsey, Claude DeLang, John Hall, Vincent David, Fred Hemke, Amor Bornkamp, Otis Murphy. Otis, my man. <laughs> um, Kenneth C., John Edward Kelly, Eugene Rousseau, and Daniel Gautier. Now, I'm going to tell you some of these cats that play these summer saxophones, okay? It's a couple of them you might have heard of before, okay? Mr. Charlie Parker. Charlie Yarbrough Parker can't get any better than that. I played a few weeks ago. Uh, a friend of mine, his uncle passed away, and it was a song with Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker. At uh, they were playing in Manhattan at Carnegie Hall, uh, night in Tunisia, and Charlie Parker. It was a live recording from uh, Carnegie Hall, and Charlie Parker was in Charlie Yardbird Parker. That was his nickname. Oh my God, phenomenal! Saxophone player, <sighs> died of heroin, but unbelievable, okay? Sonny Rollins, Mr. Julian, Cannonball Arterly. I got a surprise for you. Kenny G, John Coltrane, Grover Washington Jr., Stan Getz, Eric Dolphy, and Wayne Short. Now, Wayne Short plays a lot of summer sopranos like uh, Kenny G. And it's saying here that uh, Clarence Clemens and Dick Perry were more on the rock and pop side. Uh, Clarence Clemens, God rest your soul. He's no longer with us. He played with Bruce Springsteen and, um, for a long, long time. Okay? So, yeah, so in, a lot of the saxophone players are using the Stature saxophone, which is the Summer Mark VI. is rated as one of the premier saxophones ever produced. It was... Uh, manufactured for only 20 years from the 50s to the 70s and they do no longer make it um so 
That is one of the premier saxophones. You name the you name the saxophone artists out there. They're playing that saxophone, okay? And you can't go wrong, okay? But Salma's been around for a long time. And like I said, I, I just want to do something a little different here. And Mr. Kurt Whalum. Kurt Whalum also played the Selma Six, Mark Six saxophone. He's a sax player that played Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. If you hear that song, uh, that little part bit in there, that's from Kurt Whalum. Phenomenal saxophone player. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, but ladies and gentlemen, um, I just want to say thank you, Mr. Mr. Jonah. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. I really do. I truly, truly do. And, but, um, but yes, I hope everyone enjoyed the day. And two birthdays. I miss Robin Proctor. Happy birthday. And happy birthday tomorrow to my niece, Beverly. Happy birthday. And let's, a little cheer. Let's do some strong J. Stand up for them people and clap. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. But anyway, happy birthday, Robin and my niece, Beverly. Um, next Saturday, we're going to do something a little little special. I'm going to see if I can get some people to come over and join in on our on, um, on the podcast. Once again, I want to thank everybody that's out there, especially people around the world. I just want to say thank you so much. I really do. When I looked at the people that have been listening to my show, I'm like, around the world? I'm like, wow. And I just want to say thank you so much. It, it, it really means a lot to me. I'm going to end the show on a note, but just one thing I want to tell you. You know how we talk about IT stuff, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the computers, uh, memory, uh, uh, hard drives, externals, uh, backups. I'm going to talk about the one particular incident. It was, I purchased a Jabra uh, Elite 7, was it? Let me see what it is. Jabra Elite seven um wireless earbud okay because i've been buying jabber's stuff for the longest since when they said you had to be hands-free so i've been buying all this stuff all these years so i purchased the the jabber elite seven pro from best buy i figured you can't listen to them in store so you got to go by i went by the ratings i saw reviews and you know, they're saying, oh, these are greys, you know. And then I went on YouTube, and I follow YouTube a lot. And I went on there, typed it in, boom, boom, and reviews, people reviewing it, blah, blah, blah. I buy a pair. I bought them, like, when I came back from Vegas. Like, a week or two after I came back from Vegas. So went into the store, bought them, and they are horrible. They are by far the worst earbuds I ever bought. The music part, excellent. Telephone. You get phone calls, they suck. Okay? You can't blame the phone company because I with other earbuds, even with my uh, bows, I can hear. Okay? These earbuds are horrible. And I let Jabra know about it. These are by far the worst things. I put the buds in and try to get a phone call from my sister. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's like a giant, like you're in a bowl. And I'm in right here in the house. Or I'm from outside. I can't even talk to them. A lot of static. 
and also a lot of reverberation. I'm like, hold up, this is not a guitar. So I'm going to tell you people, caveat, caveat emptor, buy a beware. I I have a hundred dollars. Was one hundred twenty dollars in these uh, wireless earbuds as a collector's app. I can't even give them to my nephews because they're not going to work with their phone. Okay, you know how we talk about how these are all rated. Well, I bought them and they suck. Okay, but I will tell you this: go out and buy the JBLs two wireless. Is that what it is? Let me check it out real quick. Hold on. Hold on, I'll tell you exactly what they are. I bought some last week. I went out like Friday and came right back home. <laughs> so the JBLs are really, really I'm gonna tell you one that I have. JBL Live Pro 2 Wireless, $75. Okay. They were 10 times better than the Jabber Elite 7 Pros. The the real bassy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, because I do walks every day. They have very, very, very bassy. So what you do, you download that app and go to the equalizer and just bring that thing down. And let me tell you, it has a rich, full sound on there. You get the highs. You get those mids. Um, try to bring that bass down. But they are an excellent pair. $75. You can't go wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to preach these. Uh, Bluetooth uh, earbuds, they're phenomenal. I recommend them to anyone. Like I said, download that app. It's real important because n- no one likes to hear bass. Boom, boom, bass, boom. Bass from the bass guitar, bass from the drum. Nobody wants to hear that all the time. You know what I mean? But you want something relaxing. Like I listen to a lot of jazz, as you can tell, that when you put these on, uh, it's just the full sound you're getting in here. Okay. So I'm going to recommend the noise canceling also. So if you're on the airplane, just hit the button on your bud. Boom. You're not going to hear on the engine. Little babies crying. People acting crazy. Can't go wrong. All right. So to, <clears throat> I'm going to end the show on this note, ladies and gentlemen. I think I talked too much. <laughs> but um, we're going to end the show on this note. Um, this is a song. I think it came out in the 60s, but it's a it's a great saxophone song. I've always listened to it. I played the song on uh, my saxophone. It's a song by Cannonball Alderley. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you for listening. Mr. Jonah, thank you. Um, I appreciate you listening to me. I appreciate everybody's listening to me. I didn't expect the people to um listen to my show especially around the world i really do everyone that's around the world that's listening i just want to say thank you very 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 much from the bottom of my heart i just want to say that so i'm gonna end the show thank you again jonah for listening and we're gonna end the show with mercy mercy by cannonball orderly goodbye everybody stay stay positive and enjoy your day enjoy the rest of the weekend thank you You know, sometimes we're not prepared for adversity. When it happens, sometimes we're caught short. We don't know exactly how to handle it when it comes up. Sometimes we don't know just what to do when adversity takes over. (laughs) 
And uh, I have advice for all of us. I got it from my pianist, Joe Zabinu, who wrote this tune. And it sounds like what you're supposed to say when you have that kind of problem. It's called Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. 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 